0: Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth podcast, the Dr. Doctor, give me the news edition, as Dave Lapham joins me to discuss the start of free agency and a very newsworthy day for the Bengals. Monday was the start of the so-called legal tampering period, and the Bengals reportedly reached agreements with two offensive linemen from recent Super Bowl champions, Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay and Ted Karras from New England, along with a key member of their own defensive line, B.J. Hill. The Bengals Booth podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered Right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Call My Agent. I guess it's appropriate to be talking about agents during free agency, but Call My Agent is actually a French TV show that I have been watching on Netflix. It's a comedy about a talent agency in Paris that manages demanding movie stars while the agents also juggle their own chaotic lives. I'm two seasons in. The first season is witty and charming. The second season is laugh-out-loud funny. In fact, the show won an International Emmy Award for Best Comedy. I warn you in advance that it's in French with subtitles, so I know that's not for everybody. But I'm not exactly highbrow, and I love it. Call My Agent is magnifique. Before we get to my conversation with Dave Lapham, I should point out that we recorded it just before the news broke that C.J. Uzama has reportedly agreed to a three-year, $24 million deal with the New York Jets. In fact, you'll hear Lapp and I discuss how the hefty price tag for free agent tight ends might make it difficult for the Bengals to retain Uzama. In my 11 years as a Bengals broadcaster, C.J. is one of the nicest, funniest, and friendliest players the Bengals have had, and he will be missed at Paul Brown Stadium. It's impossible to keep everybody in free agency, and we wish him nothing but the best in New York. Now, time to discuss a big day for the Bengals with Lap. Lap, it's day one of the legal tampering period, and the Bengals did not wait for other teams to set the market. They jumped in with both feet, reportedly agreeing to deals with three players, including two offensive linemen. Let's start with Alex Kappa who played right guard for Tampa Bay for the last three years. That was the biggest weakness on the Bengals offensive line. Last year, he's 27 years old. He gets a four year, $40 million deal. He was graded as the 13th best guard in the NFL last year by pro football focus. What do you think?
1: You know, Dan, I'm going to say the same thing about both of these guys, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're tough. They play hard. And, uh, you know, they both been part of productive pass heavy offenses playing with Tom Brady and, you know, Joe Burrow, everybody's talking about how Joe Burrow a lot of players are saying Joe Burrow's next Tom Brady. So they wanted to come with the younger Tom Brady, come to Cincinnati. They're both smart. They're both aware. You know, the one thing that hurt the Bengals um, in, in the playoffs against these real good pass rush teams, not just, you know, straight bull rush. That was a problem. But then the twists and stunts, and you know, lack of awareness, and those pickups, and uh, some blitzes in, involved in there as well. You got guys that are in in the prime of their career, Dan. You got you got one like you said uh, uh, is is 27 years old, Karras. I, I should say, Cap is 27 years old. Karras turns 29 tomorrow, so they're they are right in the in the prime, right in the sweet spot of their careers. They've proven they can play. They've proven they can play at a good level with good football teams. You know, you're talking about Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's <laughs> they've been coached by good offensive line coaches. Um, I don't think they'll have any trouble because of their intelligence, adapting to the language and in uh, the schemes of, of Frank Pollock. I think Frank Pollock, having played the position for nine years in the NFL himself, is very aware of not overburdening guys with too much uh, language to learn and too many schematics and things to learn. I think it's going to be a smooth transition. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's going to work very well for both guys. And you look at it, we talked about earlier, Dan, the template was the Kansas city chiefs, they signed two veteran free agents and they drafted two guys to revamp their offense. line. they, they signed a tackle, uh, Brown and they signed a, a guard, uh, Tooney and, and now, the Bengals have signed what I think is going to be a center and right guard. And now they'll have to, you know, maybe address uh, address tackle and uh, maybe another guard in the, in the draft or whatever the case may be. Um, ho- hopefully some of the young guys they have on the roster develop. But, you know, they got, they got two starting players and they're paying them as such, obviously. So you got to figure that that the center and right guard spot will be manned by these two guys.
0: Let's get into Ted Karras a little bit uh, in more detail. He played left guard for the Patriots last year. He was graded as the 16th best guard in the NFL by pro football focus, but he has been a center before that two years ago, played center for Miami three years ago, played center for the Patriots. He gets a three year, $18 million deal. You see him most likely as the center.
1: I think he gives you the position versatility, right? You know, Kappa has been uh, a guard his entire career. Um, Karis has played both. I, I, think, I think that he, I think he could play either. You know, that, I think that's the good news for Frank Pollock. I think he, he could play either position for them very well. And it, it will all depend on, all right, well, you have a better option at, uh, at center. If Karis goes to left guard, do you, do you have a better option left guard if Karis plays center?
0: It makes me wonder this lap. What if Tyler Linderbaum is there with a thirty-first pick in the draft?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think any any of those offensive linemen. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't have a problem with if it's a a guy that's never played center. You know, if he's played, you know, guard, I and mean, maybe you project he could move outside to tackle, or whatever the case may be. I mean, I I'd still. Even though you, uh, you know, you, you went about your business in free agency with these veteran offensive linemen, I'd still, if there's a, a a lineman there at 31 that is you have rated appropriately to take it that 31st pick, and there's not a corner that slid or an edge rush guy that slid or whatever, I'd I jump all over that that offensive lineman, whoever that may be.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering since Linderbaum apparently is strictly a center. If he's still there, the fact that Karras can play center or left guard makes that a very attractive draft pick, assuming that they have the high grade on him that that most others do. And if he's not there, OK, you've still you've got Jackson Carmen to comp- comp- uh, potentially compete at left guard who knows, you know, who they might draft this year that could possibly compete. Uh, but Karras does give you that wiggle room if that highly graded center falls all the way to number thirty one.
1: Yeah, and that's the one that you think might fall. Tackles aren't going to fall, right? You know, they're going to take the premier. Ta- I mean, the tackles are going to go. You know, they're um, and and a premier guard is going to go. I mean, a center a center's might might slide a little bit, so he could be the guy that potentially could slide, and and that's that's very possible. But then you look at uh, you look at what you've got, like like you say. All right, well, will Carmen Jackson? Will he? Will he develop?
0: Jackson Carmen. Yeah.
1: Jackson Carmen. I'm sorry. Will Jackson Carmen develop? Will Will Hill develop? Will Trey Hill develop? Trey Hill is an option potentially, you know, at center if he develops from his first to second year. But the thing that is worrisome with me about him is, you know, when he had the the brain lock that he had, man. And you're relying on the center to make all the calls and everything else. I mean, he's got to get over get over that and advance physically. I think he can compete but the other part's been physically um, Jackson Carmen can compete as well but it's it's the intangible stuff with these guys uh, you know again talked about the awareness and the football intelligence of these two veterans that got this big money that proves they can play uh, they, they they check more boxes they check the intangible boxes and and right now uh, these these young linemen that they drafted last year haven't checked all those boxes. And will they come back checking more boxes with some experience under their belt? We'll see. But like I said, the good news is, I mean, Kappa is a guy that, you know, everybody's like, this is a downhill run block son of a gun too. You know, the physicality Kappa played, he broke his leg against the Redskins in the playoffs and tried to play in the game, continue to play with a broken leg. So Frank Pollock's looking for glass eaters, man. <laughs> yeah. Bappa's eating some glasses, no doubt about that. <laughs> but, I mean, Let's he, talk- tried, he tried to hide the fact that his leg was broken and still go out there and play. That, that's a dude that's committed to the game of football, I'll tell you that.
0: That's impressive, no question about it. Let's talk about the finances a little bit. So, you know, historically, we all know the Bengals haven't been prone to pay guards at the top of the pay scale, and they're not doing that with Alex Kappa. He's going to get $10 million a year, four years, 40 mil, I think that puts him roughly 10th right now on the guard scale, and that'll get passed by other free agents out there, I'm guessing. But, you know, that's, the, say, uh, like a Brandon Scherf, you're probably saving $5 million a year between him and Alex Cap. And then where center is concerned, Ryan Jensen just got three years, $39 million from Tampa Bay, so $13 million a year. You're getting Karras for $6 million a year he's not the player that Ryan Jensen and he's never been to a pro bowl. Uh, he's not considered to be one of the very top in the NFL, but he's proven to be solid and reliable and you're getting him for, you know, roughly half the price.
1: And Tom Brady reached out to both of them, you know, Jensen and, and uh, uh, to Car- Kappa. Uh, Kappa, And, you know, Kappa was already pretty far along with the Cincinnati Bengals and J- Jensen. Obviously they offered more money to Jensen and he stayed, and uh, the dollars weren't quite there uh, for Kappa after signing Jensen and and they you know their Bengals and Kappa and his people were pretty far along. But the fact that you know Brady wanted uh, you know, wanted Kappa to be there as well, I think says something, uh, particularly with the retirement of the right guard. So now they're they're in a little bit of a quandary in terms of what they're gonna do with their offensive line, unless they get him out of retirement, Brady has the double out of retirement party for himself and his right guard. (laughs) They're going to have to figure something out there. Marpet's a good player. If they bring him out of retirement, I mean, that solves, you know, one of those problems, but he's supposedly, uh, you know, going to grad school of some sort. He's got his backpack and he's ready to roll, become a student again, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I do think that, that, uh, you know, just like just like they did before, instead of paying the big dollar at corner, try to get two for one. You know, and, and that's that's been their their MO. That's been their 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 methodology is is to is to get yourself a, a player that's a proven player and is, is a very good football player. But you're not breaking the bank. And and they got that. Uh, they got that done again. Um, you know, it was in the secondary last year in free agency and this year they're doing it in the offensive line pretty good
0: yeah the other good comparison I guess to make would be Lakin Tomlinson because he was you know rumored to be a player that the Bengals were really interested in he wound up going to the Jets he gets 40 million for three years so that's 13.3 million dollars a year approximately you save three million plus in comparison to the deal that you made with Kappa
1: right right and and you know if 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 he I'm sure Frank Pollock did all of his due diligence in terms of, uh, you know, checking everything there is to know about these linemen—not um, just pro coaches, college coaches, high school coaches. You do a, a thorough character check on these guys when you're talking about spending, you know, six to ten million dollars a year on a player. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he was satisfied with uh, with what what he found out. And, what he found out when he talked to these players and interviewed them, and most importantly, what he found out when he watched the tape. And the fact that, uh, you know, that they, they did a good job, again, with a pass-heavy offense, with Tom Brady pulling the trigger, both of these guys uh, performed pretty well, respectively, in Let's terms of on. protection and run blocking.
0: Let's move on to the other big news, and that was losing Aaron, uh, Larry Ogunjobi but keeping B.J. Hill. Let's start with Ogunjobi. He was with the Bengals on a one-year prove-it deal for about $6 bucks. He gets a three-year, $40.5 million deal from the Bears. Did you find that to be a little bit rich?
1: I was I was pretty surprised. And, you know, particularly, I guess uh, they did a medical check on the – when you have a foot injury, and I don't know the extent of the foot or ankle or whatever it was, injury, you know, you have a crack in the foundation, Um, you gotta make sure medically that everything's good. And obviously that was the case. He checked out they're fine. Um, well, at least the Chicago Bears doctors are satisfied that Ogan Joby's not going to be hindered whatsoever by you know the injury that he had that kept him out of the playoffs in the end of the regular season. Um, but he yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that uh, man, interior defensive linemen that that are disruptive, that invert the line of scrimmage. can rush the quarterback and like we we saw um when the pocket collapses inside it's tough on a quarterback every quarterback will tell you they don't want a guy in their face i mean the edge the guy's ripping up the interstate on your outside on the edge and you can at least you know manipulate the pocket in the middle of the pocket you can survive but man if it's if it's coming up inside boy you know you you have you have a (laughs) But everybody's numbers are coming right in your face as the offensive lineman's numbers are coming at you as they're getting knocked backwards. Boy, that's a bad feeling for a quarterback. Um and Ogan Joby's he's an impact guy that way, but boy, that that is that's big dollars. It really is. And um they get they get BJ Hill for what, 10 million a year?
0: Correct, three years, 30 mil.
1: Right. So, you know, that's that's if fortunately you're able to get one of them. Don't lose them both because he he uh he obviously made a lot of plays down the stretch of the regular season and through the playoffs. He showed up big time. There's no doubt. When he got his opportunity, he stepped up, he made plays.
0: He's a year younger than Larry Ogan Joby. The production was very similar. B.J. Hill had seven sacks, if you include the one and a half he had in the playoffs. He obviously had the huge interception against yep. Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. I think Larry Ogunjobi was a little more explosive, more likely to knife into the backfield and and make disruptive plays. But I thought that B.J. Hill was probably a little more consistent.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that, uh, you know, would you like to have both of them? Oh, hell yeah, sure. There's no doubt. But the fact that you lose you, you you lose Ogunjobi, and you have B.J. Hill, all I can say is they found a way to make it work and uh, the win three straight playoff games and coming close to winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I wouldn't say defensive tackle was a reason that they lost the Super Bowl, and it, it certainly didn't. Uh, you know the level of play didn't fall off, and and they went out and they found guys off the street to make contributions and. You know, I'm not saying anybody can line up and play defensive tackle, but I'm saying that B.J. Hill, when he got his opportunity, he played. I mean, he he showed up. He made plays. He was a difference maker. No doubt about it.
0: So over the last two years, the Bengals have been one of the biggest spenders in the NFL in free agency. Here we are on day one of the legal tampering period, and they've made as big of a splash as any team in the NFL do you think we can finally retire the notion in other cities around the country that the Bengals do not participate in free agency?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I mean, geez, you look at it, uh, you know, well over $200 million in the last two years, and then these deals right out of the gate here. And the thing about it is it's a serious activity, but it's intelligent activity. It's not careless. You know, like we talked about, it's not, it's not going, to, I don't feel like, you know, i Obviously, everybody that's that's um, you know uh, working five days a week and killing themselves in so doing is saying all these guys are overpaid. Damn it, this is ridiculous. I mean, all these guys are making uh, too much money, and you can, you can make a case for that. Uh, but that's that's what the market bears, you know. And uh, and and the Bengals aren't being careless with that market, though. They're not paying the top end, um, you know, a, a few a few teams. Jacksonville is better did Jacksonville overpay did they overpay at wide receiver with Kirk I mean wow you know it's like did they overpay it uh with Sheriff did they overpay have they overpaid to get themselves that much better I, I would say that the Bengals have definitely improved themselves uh in, in the trenches with the offensive line and I don't think they overpaid in so doing so I, I think I think it's a uh there's there's multiple parts and uh, multiple components to a successful free agent uh, spend as such you know and I think they're tracking to a good one
0: let's talk about another name that's attracted a lot of interest in the last week or so and that is Lael Collins from the Dallas Cowboys 28 year old right tackle Cowboys are in a tough situation with their salary cap they have given his agent permission to try to work out a trade with other other NFL teams naturally because Riley Reef is Not currently under contract. A lot of people have said, well, that would make sense for the Bengals. He's 28 years old. He was the number 16 graded uh, tackle by Pro Football Focus last year. But there's some red flags here. Uh, He's had injuries. He's been suspended each of the last two years. He had a suspension for uh, substance abuse uh, violation uh, last year. How interested should the Bengals be in La'El Collins?
1: You know, I I think in this case, you definitely – don't overpay and I think the fact that he's that you know there hasn't been a trade consummated yet is you don't want to overpay in two areas you don't want to give up too much for them and you don't want to overpay in terms of compensating them you know I mean I think it's double it's a double sword there not double edged. it's two different swords and you have to deal with both of them so um, I, I would think the Bengals have probably been in dialogue and I don't know if the dialogue's continuing I'm sure that they the waters have been tested though, um, and and uh, will will that continue? I, I don't know. It's but I, I certainly I certainly would not uh, open up the bank vault in terms of expending draft picks or whatever uh, for a trade or if it's player and draft whatever it is, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't <laughs> I'd certainly make sure that I was comfortable with what I was giving up in return because of the things that you talked about um, it, it, he's really hurt his market value with all of that because he can play. And there's no, there's no question about that. I, he's a, he's a very uh, solid offensive tackle, but I wouldn't overpay him and I wouldn't give up too much to get him.
0: All right. Let me hit you on a few other uh, newsworthy items in the NFL on day one of the legal tampering period. Mitch Trubisky to the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. on a two years deal on a two year deal.
1: I'll tell you, I I think he's going to help him. I really do. Hmm. I, I think I think his his mobility. Basically, this was the only quarterback in the, in the in the in the division, uh, only team that had a quarterback that was a statue. I mean, every other quarterback had some mobility to him, and you know, obviously, one quarterback is like a running back that can throw the football in the division. Trubisky is is very very mobile. And I I think Pittsburgh's offense is going to look very, very different with Mitchell Trubisky at the quarterback position. Um, I I think he's going to do a a lot in terms of opening up their running game because, you know, they're going to have that 11 on 11 uh, aspect to their run game where the quarterback doesn't hand it off and stand there and watch. And then he can also extend and create some plays. Uh, I, I think, when a guy gets, you look at the uh, the AFC North. Cleveland has the first pick of the draft to quarterback. The Bengals have the per- first pick of the draft. Now Pittsburgh has the second pick of their draft. Uh, when Trubisky came out, now was he over? Was he over uh, picked? Was Mayfield overpicked? I mean, but the bottom line is, when they came out, people that that picked them projected them uh, to be <laughs> a big time player. I, I think with the right coaching. And I think at Pittsburgh, I think Trubisky is going to get pretty good coaching. I, th- I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be a little bit better uh, offensively. I, that one, that one is uh, is going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. I mean, I hope he, I hope he gives the ball away. I hope he doesn't take care of the football. I mean, that's that's something that has haunted him a little bit, trying to do too much. Um, but if they if they can get that changed, if they can get that remedied, um, it. it I'm a little bit uh, a little bit interested to see how that's going to help their running game. Bottom line is they got to get better in their offensive line as well, too. Though,
0: no question about that. I do think with the various quarterbacks that were out there, and in Deshaun Watson's case, still out there, as a, a AFC North Bengal supporter who doesn't want to see the Steelers be really, really good again. I'm kind of happy that Mitch Trubisky is the way they went. I know that there's some talent and potential there and he did have one really good year with the Bears, but I still think he's the fourth best quarterback in the division.
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah, I but uh, he's uh, he's a much better option than what they had. They definitely get better at the quarterback position, but yeah, I agree. I would not want to see Watson there. Whew. Talk about Watson is uh Trubisky on steroids. You know, it's like there's no there's no uh No comparison there, Um, but it's it's going to it's yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, how, how, uh, how, how that one unfolds, what, what they do with Trubisky, how they, uh, how, how their offense evolves. Will they get back to being, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers of old, where they're going to run the football and they're going to run it right, you know, they're going to run it and run it and run it again. And how much of uh, the quarterback run game will be incorporated Uh, How much of that can he take? He's not that big a guy, but he can run though. That dude can run. So, um, you know, I'm I'm not, uh, I I think there were better options out there, but I think that was probably the best option that uh, that was available to them. That's the best they could come up with.
0: Seattle tight end, Will Disley, solid player, not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, gets a three-year $24 million deal. Is the market for tight ends – getting so lucrative that the bengals are going to have a hard time holding on to cj uzama
1: yeah i I look at all these contracts and i mean the market in general i mean the bengals they gave uh big fred Fred johnson they gave him almost three million over two anyway
0: not guaranteed though yeah not guaranteed
1: guaranteed. he's got to make it but just to just to put your name on a contract that if you make the team you're making 2.3 whatever it is 2 point whatever million golly man i mean it's the the league is uh it's exploding it's exploding the tv revenues are just incredible uh it is it's a it's a 800 pound gorilla the national football league there's no doubt so yeah i think i think the market on every position group is uh is is increasing there's no there's no question about it and I think CJ Uzama is, is very important to this franchise, not only on the field X's and O's, but as we know, all the intangibles that he brings to the table. I mean, he is, uh, he is big time glue. He's one of those glue players. He's one of those players that, uh, you could, you could almost have one less coach in your coaching staff and leave it up to CJ Uzama to, to bring the team together, you know, and, and, uh, and overcome not having enough coaches on your coaching staff. He's that kind of guy. So, uh, he, he fills a lot of roles for the Bengals. There's no question about it.
0: That Fred Johnson tender that you referred to is really interesting to me because he was basically the bottom guy in the totem pole among the linemen that were on the, you know, the 53 man roster by the end of the year, you're not going to pay him that much for that role. So it, it almost seems to me like this is a carrot. All right, Fred. We're going to bring it back. You can compete for, at least right now, the right tackle job is open. I mean, we'll see what happens. They might bring back Riley Reef or sign another free agent or draft a guy. Uh, but yeah, you can dangle the potential to start at that job. And if he's not able to earn that position, like I said, you could let him go without having to pay the freight.
1: Absolutely. I think it is an incentive. I think they want to see – I think they're trying to figure out a way to incentivize them. I think that's the biggest – Uh, flying his ointment is, it's got to be more important to him. Um, And, you know, I think, I think that's, that's the case with a couple of the young linemen. I think it's the, it's, it's the same way with, uh, you know, Jackson Carmen that, you know, it's, it's gotta, they they just have to, the game has to start to be more important to them. And um, the final way to do it is to, is to dangle out some financial incentive because physically both of them have the, the physical capabilities, the, 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 measurables and all that sort of thing. They both have what it takes. Um, but heck, you know, like you said, Fred, Fred was inactive in most of the time he wasn't even one of the linemen that uh, Frank Pollock had up, um, you know, for, for active duty during the course of the season. So I, I think, I think it is, um uh, it's Fisher cut bait time for Fred and, uh, you know if he if if he ends up fishing he can pull in a big one you know <laughs> but if he cuts bait it doesn't matter what he could have pulled in he's done it ain't going to happen he's not going to get a dime
0: let me circle back to uh, jackson carmen for a second because now that they've signed alex Kappa, assume assuming that he's healthy there's your right guard so jackson will not be a candidate to start there anymore you've got an opening at least for now at left guard you've got an opening at right tackle he was a left tackle at Clemson. So, you could put him at left guard, that's his more natural side at least from where he played in college, or you could put him at right tackle, which was his position, at least tackle was his position. What do you think is the best way to to go about trying to get the best out of uh, Jackson Carmen?
1: It definitely seems like Jackson Carmen feels more comfortable on the left side. He, feel, he it it that feels more natural to him. But, you know, if you if you say all right, well, his position best position is tackle. Uh, so do we kick him out to left tackle and put Joan at right tackle? Well, you know, now you're making a two for one again, a two for one move. Um, okay, well, keep him on the left side and keep him at the left guard position, but he doesn't seem as comfortable at guard as he does at tackle. So he is a quandary. He's he's a little bit of a uh little bit of a mystery, but it's up to him. It's up to him. He's the one that has to solve the mystery. You know, it's not going to be the, the coaches, you know, Frank Pollock's not going to say, look here. Well, he, he may say, I'm going to put you at this position and you just go play, you know, get out of your own head, go play. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it all shakes down. I mean, I do think, I do think that uh, it is wide open up front. It's the wild, wild West in the offensive line. I think that they've they've obviously uh, committed to two players. It's going to be their best five. They just went out and gave them a bunch of money in free agency. So you don't do that unless you consider them to be amongst your best five guys. Who else? Who are the other guys? Who are the other three guys? And where will they end up? It's going to be, uh, <laughs> again, it is going to be a free-for-all, man. Very competitive. It's going to be best man wins and best man might win in a position that you didn't think that he was going to be at potentially but you find out who your best five players are and find out the best places to play those best five players and you go out there and roll
0: it has certainly been an interesting first day in the illegal tampering period we've got another day of this coming up tomorrow and then teams can officially sign guys on wednesday don't screen my calls dave lapham we may be doing this again very soon. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, if uh, if today's any indication, they, they jumped in with both feet, didn't they? It was unbelievable. They, they get after it.
0: They certainly did, and there is little doubt there are more free agent acquisitions to come. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes.